it's hard to find a great one. It's hard to find a, a good one. It's hard to find one. A good one. And, um, you know, college football now, they're – Best friends that it's hurry up, hurry up, hurry up! Hurry up. Going, hurry man. up. You're killing me, Smalls. God, the dog just farted. It fucking stinks. Why don't we kick the show off with uh, the beer, though? Okay, should I pop your top there? Oh, please, sweetie pie. Okay, Beer Tops Podcast. Uh, welcome to the show. Start that. Uh, I can't edit that bullshit out. <laughs> We are going to drink. Let's start, start from the top. During this show. Oh my God, start from the top, damn it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Beard Hops podcast. Uh, I am one of your lovely hosts for the evening, uh, Chad, uh, up in uh, the Milwaukee area, down in the North Chicago area. I've got Jake go and Adam. How are you guys doing tonight? Go ahead, sweetie. One of you guys say something. You go ahead. I'm a little sad. It's getting dark too early. It's getting dark. I'm feeling a little... Hey, wait, wait to start the show off happy there, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little sad. <laughs> I was thinking of that coming over here. I'm like, damn, it's getting dark early. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Yeah, it is. We're good. Well, you, you asked. We're fine. Guys. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. What are we doing tonight, Chad? <laughs> All right. So the beer for the, uh, for the show tonight is... A Scotch ale from or Scottish style ale from Three Floyds. This is Robert the Bruce. Yeah, and it's uh, not barrel aged. It isn't. Yeah, not barrel aged. It is. Well, uh, Three Floyds is in Munster, Indiana. I'm trying to see if uh-huh. there's an ABV or anything on this. The Abbeviv. What is the abiv? I don't see an abiv. Uh, Abibibiv? Come on, three Floyds. What's that down there? No, that's not it. Nope. Uh, I got nothing. Let's guess. I'm going to say nine. 200. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) We did. We just, we did. We're dead. Uh, let's see here. I will scan it and we'll see what the ABV is. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, 6.5. Well, that's no fun. 24 ABU. All right. So we're Jake, what, to, what are you smelling, Jake? We're going to have to drink a couple of these. That's what I'm smelling. I mean, no. It smells malty almost. Yeah, malty, scotchy, not peaty, but no, certainly, clearly not barrel aged. No boozy it tastes smell at all those are that's good i like it i already tasted it i cheated it is good that was pretty quick you went right in there thirsty what do you want according to untapped i have had this one i I have had this one as well i don't remember it um untapped tells me this is a seven percent i gave one to you adam i have one here and i i drank the other four in like a week oh good yeah (laughs) Oh, That's well, good. look at that. I, as I was just saying, talking about the Dells and getting the ride uh, from Lyft, I had this at uh, Dells on Tap at the uh, beer, uh, the Brewfest last year. All right. Well, there you go. It says 7% uh, ABV with a 30 IBU. All right. Well, according to the barcode scan. 
According to Three Floyd's website, it's 24 and six and a half. Just saying. Wow. <laughs> Your barcode scan is wrong. Um, I don't know what the fuck you want me to do. What do you want me to do? That's a terrible idea. Um, okay, so uh, let's quickly get to what we think of this so we can quickly get to the sports. Chad? Man, I don't really smell much of anything on this. Robert the Robert the Bruce. Uh, from the head, I don't smell. <laughs> I don't really smell anything. Let me taste her and see. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh damn, that's a that's a really good Scotch ale. That's right. for not. I was thinking too. For not being very barrel aged. Um, now it's a Scottish style ale. Is that different than the Scotch ale? I don't know. That's that's a brewer calling it whatever they want to. Okay. Well, I don't taste any peatiness. Um, it just that. it tastes like a. Um, it tastes like a really. Um, a really strong red ale. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I just because I don't taste any of the peatiness that you would typically get from a a, a strong Scottish ale. What's your uh, rating there, Senior? Um, well, I rated it pretty pretty good at the at the uh, the brew fest, but I, that was on tap, you know, and I was probably drunk. Um, I will say so, I'm because, huh? yeah, there's no probably <laughs> there's no probably about it. You were. I, uh, I were drunk. Um, I will say this is really good. Um, I won't I won't put it in the exceptional category as I did during the uh, the brew fest, but uh, out of the bottle, I'll say three five three five. All right, well, I'm going to give it a three seven five. Jake, you. Yeah, you know what? I checked this in when I bought the six pack because I tr- I wanted to try it right away. I just double checked here. I gave it a three five. I think this is really malty, but in a good way. And is I like a, it. Yeah, I like the maltiness. Right at the end on the legs, is there a, almost a hint of chocolate? Do you almost just taste a little chocolate in the finish after that maltiness kind of dissolves away? I yes, feel like I, I do. I, I don't know. I I think this is the most. I can taste. I taste it as well. Scotch, Scotch ale. I've had. Like I can Scottish, drink Scotch a few of these. No yeah, problem. It's definitely. definitely okay, so easy. I'll read uh, if I can read the uh, the brief um, can you? description given on Untapped. As long as it's brief, it's very brief. Like uh, and you 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 both hit on. Like the side. You both hit some heads with the nails or whatever, whatever the saying is. What? A big, you don't worry about it. A big malty body Uh from chocolate and roasted malts. Well balanced with just the right combination of hops, robust, yet smooth, a true malt lover's delight. All right. Well, there you go. Speaking ahead, did you guys see the comments to the new uh, Stormy Daniels book? Didn't know where this was going. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. And I don't want to talk about it because I already have that vision in my head and I don't want to think about it again. I'm mad at her. She has ruined Mario for me. I will never play any exactly. Mario games again. Yeah. 
I missed it. Uh, tell me what's going on. Uh, tell him. Uh, well, she describes uh, our president's uh, Johnson. It's yeah. not a Johnson. It's a toad. She described it as small, though not like crazy small. And the head of it is like the shape of a giant toad. Like, like. No, she she actually mentioned Mar- the toad from Mario Kart. Yeah, she she the analogy was the toad from Mario Kart. She said the head is abnormally large, but overall it's below average. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what time are we living in? What a, what a <laughs> hell of a time! Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of people upset uh, the other day because um, Mario Kart was trending. Like on um, uh, on Twitter. Twitter. Oh man, there's a new there's a new Mario Kart coming out. They announced a new Mario Kart, and then you start looking no. at it, you're like, motherfucker, no. And then they saw what it was. <laughs> you know. That's hilarious. So like the story by the BBC, how Stormy Daniels ruined Mario Kart. That's the. <laughs> um, That's awesome. It's good to see the exact words she used here. Nintendo did that. Ah, fucking hilarious. Yeah. Guys, I've been hitting up Half Acre a little bit lately. Um, I'm really, really liking them. I had a uh, downtown for lunch. I had a had a uh, IPA, a double imperial called uh, Deep Space that I liked. Um, and that was a 10, 10% ABV. Um, and then I found just recently... Uh, an IPA they just call IPA American called Gone Away. Um, so I don't know. I've been been really digging them. That's it, Chicago. <laughs> noise, noise, noise. Um, did you guys see that Three Sheeps has a new limited coming out? Do tell. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I just got a toadstool. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you do this, I would like to ruin everybody's night by getting this visual planted in their brain uh, <laughs> this is an excerpt from stormy daniels book she says he knows he has an unusual penis it has a huge mushroom head like a toadstool i lay there annoyed that i was getting fucked by a guy with yeti pubes and a oh, dick God. like the mushroom character in mario kart end quote stormy <laughs> uh-huh what the fuck are yeti pubes I don't know, but it, it's it's <laughs> what has happened to our <laughs> politics in America. Let's not get this is not I a mean, politics show. This is this is good to No, I know. I'm <sighs> just saying no matter what side you're on. I mean, even all the stuff with Clinton, we never we, we always heard rumors that it was quite large, but we never got a description. That's true. And I'm not sure how I'm gonna go to bed tonight. Because I'm afraid I'm gonna have dreams. Hey Mark, so. what you're gonna do is um do I have Yeti pubes, honey? Do I? You're gonna dye your pubes. No, I don't have. I I keep it. I'm. Oh yeah, he doesn't have any pubes. I'm oh. good down there. No, I do, but the, I just keep it. I'm nice down there. Bald eagle. <laughs> no. no, 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 not like a baby. I'm not. I'm not. I like that. All right, moving on to uh, the Cubs. Can we do Cubs, please? From no, we got it. I could just told you three sheep's got a new beer coming out. Yeah, what's this new beer? Fine. And Jake got all hard about it. And now you're moving on. to I did. I had a half toadstool. Hey, pass, pass me a beer. beer. 
All right. Uh, so last beer uh, related um, news or whatever we want to talk, what do we want to call it before we move on to sports. Three Sheeps does have a new one coming out September 21st. It's called Citra Slice. That's this a is, terrible idea. I don't think so. Uh, it's an IPA with blood orange and citra hops. September 21st. It's a zero IBU IPA. Let's get this show going, man. 16 ounce cans. Uh, they will release kegs to five dollars. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, it's going to be tap room only cans available on Friday the 21st. Uh, select accounts around the state of Wisconsin will get kegs, or I mean, or barrels. You know, whatever they'll be able to draft it. Select accounts. Um, and they don't say anything about releasing it elsewhere. I'm sure they will, but. Citrus Slice, September 21st, IPU, Blood Orange and Citra Hops, zero IBU IPU. Hurry up! Hurry up! All right. Now can we go to the Cubs? We can. I thought you guys would be interested in knowing that. So. Cubs win! Cubs win! Cubs win! Uh, All right. Jake, tell us what's going on with the Cubs, Jake. Yeah, so what is going on with the Cubs is they uh, have lost their first closer. Uh, they lost, actually, when we were recording last Wednesday, mm-hmm. I believe that's when Pedro Strope went down. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that more in a little bit. Uh, but even with those injuries, they have the best uh, bullpen, at least in the National League, if not in the majors, uh, ERA whip. Guys are getting saves now that have never gotten saves before. Uh, a little bit of controversy last week. Uh, they were making up a game right before in Washington, right before that hurricane hit. Uh, some of the players were not happy about that, including Rizzo, who decided not to pack anything and flew on the flight in his jersey. <laughs> yeah, that like, was I saw that on Instagram. He was <laughs> pictures all over yeah. the place of him flying to the game in his uniform. Flew back in uniform, did, <laughs> didn't bring any other clothes. Matt, Madden loved it. He said, uh, had I known Rizzo was going to do that, I would have had the whole team do it. <laughs> Um, That's so awesome. So, but since the hurricane, not really a hurricane game, they are five and one. Uh, Milwaukee has gone two and three. So they've, uh, you know, what was getting scary there for a little bit, they've increased that lead again. And they're, they're almost, I mean, they just had to play 500 and they're a virtual lock to win the division. Uh, this week there was a little, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but certainly Wilson Contreras got called out. Um, he was admiring a home run not to be, and not uh, like called out like on a play, but called out by his team and the and Joe. His manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, that happened, but even even uh, with that happening, uh, they are in a position to sweep the Diamondbacks tonight, which at one time were a playoff bound team, but they've sort of fallen off the rails here and look like they've pretty much given up on the season. Yeah, they're uh, like five and a half, six back from uh, the wild card at this point. So. Yeah, and they're at least a, it's a long shot for them. Actually, I had the standings pulled up. Let me. The Diamondbacks are six back of the division now, too, from the Dodgers. So they're pretty much done both ways. Um, so, yeah, suddenly amid all of the um, sort of stories going on, storylines, the Cubs suddenly are playing good baseball again. Uh, Javi's continuing his case to be an MVP type player. Uh, Chris Bryant finally. Hit a home run. We had a home run sighting from him. Uh, Kyle Hendricks pitched a good game. So 
you know, I'll, I'll let you guys throw any other comments about out there or just let the uh, listeners know how you're feeling about the Cubs. And then maybe after that, we could briefly just uh, talk about some of Theo's comments this week relative to uh, management of the bullpen. I think they were actually pretty interesting. Well, right now, I mean, if, yeah, if the Cubs can hold on, if they can win this game tonight, which it, it, it just started a few minutes ago as we, as we record this, uh, it's 0-0 on the bottom of the first, going into the bottom of the first. The Brewers are up 7 nothing on Cincinnati right now in the bottom of the seventh. Um, so, uh, I mean, it looks like the Brewers are probably going to pull this one out against Cincinnati, so the Cubs really need to take this series from uh, – take the sweep against Arizona. Cubs are up three uh, now, three and a half games. So Yeah, but that is still, that's – I mean, that's, that's not a lot of wiggle room. Uh, well, Although, I mean, the rest of the rest of we got an off day tomorrow. Uh, the rest of the season, uh, what do we got? Four, first off day this month. First off day this month. We've got we're essentially home for the rest of the season. We go we come back to Chicago against the White Sox for three, but it's in on the south side. Uh, and then four against Pittsburgh, three against St. Louis. Yeah, I mean they exactly they they don't leave Chicago for the last uh, ten games after yeah. tonight. So yeah, so it's essentially ten, basically ten home games. I mean, it's yeah, it's on the south side for the next for the next three, but you know, it's gonna it's gonna be it's almost like playing at home. The White Sox and you know Pittsburgh, they don't really have anything to play for other than trying to play some sort of spoiler, I guess. But yeah, that's that's it. I mean, the White Sox are are not good. So the Cardinals, though, they are holding on to by one game the second wild card spot. So yep most likely they will definitely be motivated plus even if they weren't if even if they were out of it um i would think that uh they'd like to stick it to chicago and well of course i mean it's the uh, last series of the season it's a uh, it's i mean cards cubs right i mean rivalry of rivalries i think it's yeah. a little strange that they waited so late in the season to play the other half of the crosstown classic yeah, yeah, that's true. Against the Sox. Yeah, like why are we? Why is that the third last series of the year? Is shouldn't that be played in the summer? And um, I don't know. I mean, the Sox are out of it. Clearly, they're not in the same division, let alone you know pennant or whatever um, league. So it just seems kind of odd scheduling that that's their third last uh, series. But yeah, I'll just go over this quickly. So um, it came out this week that Brandon Morrow uh, will not be able to pitch again. So I don't quite know what a bone bruise is. I guess it's not a tendon damage. I don't quite know what a deep bone bruise means, Um, but it was confirmed Tuesday by an orthopedic specialist who has been uh, a doctor that has examined Morrow dating back to 2013. So he's familiar, familiar with Morrow. Um, Morrow says he doesn't know if his arm troubles have anything to do with the fact that he pitched in all seven games of the 2017 World Series for the Dodgers. Uh, this was a guy who started his career as a starting pitcher, I want to say, for for Toronto, I believe, or maybe he was traded to Toronto. Um, and as a starting pitcher, he would show flashes but could never stay healthy. And then uh, when he finally – I believe it was the Dodgers who first tried him as a relief pitcher. 
Um, but he was able to thrive in that relief pitcher role, probably because it was, uh, you know, just throwing less pitches. So, um, you know, they said when the Cubs signed him and they did our MRIs, they found nothing, um, you know, nothing that would have signaled this, this sort of bone bruise, these issues that he's having now that have popped up. So this is what I think is interesting. Um, usually a team is somewhat vague about exactly when the injury happened. I mean, unless you see it and you have like, I mean, if you see a guy's leg bend the wrong way or, or a guy throw a pitch and the next pitch is like 60 miles an hour and they take him out of the game, like those times you know. But if it's not an obvious, this is when they get injured themselves, you know, usually teams don't necessarily give that information forthright. But um, uh, Theo was getting interviewed, and uh, he, what, what we found out was the first sign of discomfort occurred June 2nd after Morrow pitched the 14th inning of a victory in New York. His, here's the important part, his third consecutive day of work. So then I quote uh, Epstein as saying, I think that's a lesson learned never to stray away from structure. So apparently going into this season, this season, season, <laughs> Moro was not supposed to pitch. Madden was informed, do not pitch him more than two days in a row. Um, with, you know, and, and for every two days in a row that he would require three days of consecutive rest before oh, pitching again. Boy. Yeah. So, um, Theo goes on, or, or Murr says, yeah, it was the next morning after that day that things, you know, didn't feel right. Uh, the Cubs have already said they're going to be more cautious with Morrow when he returns in 2019. And then I'll just end it here with Theo saying, next year when he's down, he will not, when he's down, meaning when he's not allowed to pitch that day, when he, it's an off day for him, Theo says he will not be allowed to have spikes on because he can talk his way into a game. He is to be committed commended for really pushing it to try and come back. It's not going to happen. You can't be foolish about it. I feel like, you know, while he's not calling Madden out by name and while I'm not suggesting that they, they have a bad relationship, I feel like he's kind of uh, taking a shot at Madden right there. Like you, it's your job to stick to the plan and not put this guy in there. Um, fast forward to what happened a week ago and Madden's, you know, letting – Strope hit because he's about ready to run him out for a third inning. Um, you know, it's fun when Rizzo pitches. It's fun when these other things happen, but then when people start getting hurt. It's always fun until somebody pokes an eye out. <laughs> There's no audio with this. It's it's just quotes. That's horrible. I thought we were just like getting pumped up. There. I know. I thought I thought it was, I was like, like yeah. be, I was gonna be Woo. the interview. Oh god. Fail. But I, it sounds like Stropey will be back. I mean, if we can if we can, as long as we take the division as it looks like we probably could, based on the schedule. <sighs> the Dodgers look hot right now. They kind of scare me. And um what else scares me is Christian Yellick. If there's if there's somebody maybe pushing Javi for MVP, that guy's been on fire. He he hit for his second cycle of the year. Yeah, but speak well shit. Arizona scored three in the first. Chat's <laughs> like about to say oh, shit. Oh man. How'd that happen? Ah shit. <laughs> Two and a half. Uh Christian Walker. Three run home run. Yeah, I would have thought Hamels would have had this lineup. 
the way the last two days have gone. Yeah. Well, it, it'll, uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I, I look forward to a podcast where we maybe talk a little bit about who made the playoff roster and who didn't. And if Stropy is on that roster and active. Well, I mean, you come back from a hamstring injury. If it's not bad, you can come back in two weeks. So, I mean, if he can show. Have either of you guys ever had a bad hamstring injury? That's what I'm saying. I've not had a bad one. I pulled one in tennis one time and I played through it because it was high school. Nobody told me any different. Uh, a bad one. I, I don't, I don't know what that feels like, but I, it doesn't long, sound like. How long did it linger when you pulled it? Uh, probably a month. A month. And what percentage of yourself were you able to play at when you played through it? Um, 60, 70. So it was pretty, it pretty significantly impacted your ability. Yeah. Oh yeah. I probably shouldn't have played through it, but in high school, nobody tells you this. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that's all I got on the Cubs. Um, we'll be seeing, you know, I think we're going to be uh, clinching a little bit here. Down the stretch, like a, it's going to be. There's going to be some fine, but there's going to be some pucker factor here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Pucker factor. It would really suck, like the last day of the year, to suddenly go from, you know, having like the best record and just sitting around waiting for a five game series where you have the home field advantage to, uh, you know, playing a one game wild card game. That would suck. That would suck. Yeah. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is the way it's working, like if the season finished today, you'd have the Cards and the Brewers play each other in the wild card game. And yep. then because the Cubs have the best record, then they got to play somebody from their own division there in the divisional series. Yep. So, geez, just can't get away from each other. <clears throat> nope. Well, I don't what, know um, about baseball. What, we can move well, on. Before that. before we move on to the Cubs, how how legitimate do you think Javi is for MVP? I think it helps that he plays for the Cubs, and they're one of the most popular teams, at least in the National League right now. I mean, do you think? I, I mean, he's he's. You think he's legitimately up there with the best best player in the National League? So I'm looking up the uh, MLB war leader wins above replacement. Um, Javi Baez is number 14. Now this is AL and NL. The National League players that are above him. So right now this is saying Javi Baez is worth six games more than a replacement level player. Lorenzo Kane of the Brewers is at 6.6. Uh Kyle Freeland, that's pitcher for Colorado, I believe, is at 7.6. Scherzer's at 8.2. DeGrom's at 8.5. And Nola's at 9.8. So if they go what they usually do and give the uh, top pitcher the Cy Young Award and not an MVP award, which it has happened, but you don't see it happen much, I don't think Lorenzo Cain's going to beat him out as a positional player for that. Um, Other people... National League, I mean, Paul Goldschmidt's there at 5.8, but they're not going to make the playoffs, and I don't think Arizona gets a lot of national uh, play. So, so yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I'm just saying compared compared <laughs> to the guys that could be considered. I mean, I maybe Nolan Arenado could beat him out. I I don't know. I I'd say he's the number one pick right now for MVP. He's leading in. Is he leading in RBIs? I thought they said last night he had the he was leading the league in RBIs. Maybe not the league, but the you know. <clears throat> could be wrong. I thought that's what they said. Just saying. And we finally got the Cubs game on here, so yeah, it's losing. Yeah, I still can't I can't watch it. Down third. Can't get it in. I can't that's what she said. Can't get it in. It's been it's been I kinda like having these late games. It was fun uh, watching the Bears games and flipping on uh, Monday and flipping to this. And, and pretty soon it's gonna be crazy because you'll have Bears, baseball, and Blackhawks. That is a crazy time of year. All right, are we ready to move on? Bye. Baez is first in the National League with 107 RBS. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so NFL, uh, before we get into the games. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> we were so close. We almost did. All right. A um, couple of stories to talk about. One. There's some good stories out there. There's some good stories out there. <laughs> Actually, there's another one that's not on our list. Oh, it is on our list. Yeah. Um, what do we what do we want to talk about first? Raiders, the Raiders. Yeah, let's talk about the Raiders. <laughs> well, spe- not necessarily the Raiders, but they're checking the coast. The hundred million dollar man. Yeah. So uh, as you probably know, everybody probably knows uh, the Raiders traded Khalil Mack to um, the Bears, and <laughs> uh, Gruden even. It, Mac has made a huge impact um, since the beginning of the season. Right away, first two games, huge impact. And everybody keeps asking Gruden, "Are you? Uh, you regret making the trade? You regret the trade? No, no, I don't regret the trade. I don't regret the trade." Well, then today in a press conference, and I'm going to tell you what he's asked. It's kind of hard to hear in this uh. clip. It's kind of hard to hear in this clip. But the reporter asks him, um, and they were, they'd been asking about just the the previous game um, and how they were how he felt about the, the pass rush. So the coach asks, says, Coach, you look around the league, and a lot of teams are looking for pass rushing. Why is it so hard to find a pass rusher, and what are those qualities you look for in one? All right, so here is uh, Chucky in his press conference. <laughs> <laughs> coach, you look around the league, and a lot of teams are looking for pass rushing. Why is it so hard to find a pass rusher? Okay, what I thought was funny, though, is <laughs> – Right there, the, the guy goes, Coach, you're looking around the league. A lot of teams are looking for pass rushers. And he just starts laughing because he's like, I, I know what you're going to do. He starts laughing. Oh, and oh he yeah. He knows what's coming. Down. But he then he down. also immediately puts his foot, I think, puts his foot in his mouth. Here, well, go ahead. It's hard to find a great one. It's hard to find a, a good one. It's hard to find one. You just said it. Okay, so right there he was just asked. Mr. Coach, you look around the league, and a lot of teams are looking for pass rushers. Why is it so hard to find a pass rusher? And he says, it's hard to find a good one. It's hard to find one. You just gave the best pass rusher possibly in the game ever. Yep. Debatable, of course, as as everything is. You just gave him up. Well, I mean, mean, we know kind of why he he wasn't old at all. We kind of know why he did that. Look, I mean, if you look at the long, if long-term plan for the Raiders, we know why he did it. But you can't say shit like that after just giving up the best pass rusher in the game. You got to have a better response than that. Chad, I disagree, though. The, the 
the breakdown and build up time of the NFL is so much faster than like the major leagues. It, 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 he's, no, he's, he's talking about, system. but the you, question was about present day. First to first all the time. Yeah. But his whole way that he's justifying this is basically saying, I can't pay Mac a hundred million dollars if we're not going to be ready in like three or four years, but that's bullshit. In the NFL, you get like one year and then you got to start making improvement. And Mac still would have been well in his window of being potentially on his way to hall of fame when they were ready to compete again or when they should have been like, this isn't the major leagues where you tank for three years, develop a whole bunch of first round picks for three years, and then try to have a 10 year window. This is the NFL. Even when you're good, it might not last long. No, you're, you're right. And I agree with you on the, on the, the short, the shorter term timing of turning around a team. But the question was coach, you look around the league and a lot of teams are looking for pass rushing. Why is it so hard to find a pass rusher? And what are those qualities you look for in one? And he says, well, it's hard to find a good pass rusher. Well, <laughs> a good one, even a good one's hard to find. They have two. But he had one. Games. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Possibly the greatest. And but we're going back to money. Hmm. How much did Gruden get paid? hundred million. All right, there we go. For 10 years. I mean, it's, it doesn't count towards the salary cap. It, you're right. It does. It's, all, it's also it's guaranteed. Still. It's also guaranteed. I don't, why is his money guaranteed? Chucky's money guaranteed. Oh, come on. The coaches are putting their life on the line. They could get injured. Oh, wait. No, that's wrong. Sorry. I meant that. <laughs> well, I mean, he's looking forward to Vegas. I mean, it's – his – they're looking forward to Vegas. The yeah, whole- he wants. He's going to play the, the get get through this year in LA, next year in LA, and then they move on. And by the time they move on to Vegas, it's going to be this. Uh, I mean, they're already pumping him up. His, he's on a fucking billboard in Las Vegas right now. Looking forward oh. to it. Can't wait to get there. When I was watching that uh, home opener against um, who they played, the Rams in the home opener, they played a pretty good team, um, and it was competitive the first half. And I was thinking, you know, on the one hand, it's stupid that there's this baseball field in the middle of the field. But then on the other hand, man, the Raiders got some passionate fans. I mean, there's people dressed up. They got like the black hole. I mean, these people love the Raiders. I know, like, I, I don't live in California. I've never lived in California, uh, at least as an adult. I've heard that it's very easy to take these quick flights or drives or trains or whatever to Vegas, or uh, maybe not a train, but I've heard it's pretty, Vegas is pretty accessible for people in California is what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like, do the Oakland fans travel there? Are the Vegas fans going to become passionate Oakland Raiders fans? Is this just going to be a transient fan base of like, this is just something to do when I'm in Vegas? Is there even going to be fans? Like, what's going to happen? That'll to remain. This that's going to remain to be seen is how well Raider Nation uh, is willing to travel to Vegas. And I think you're right. And it's going to be remain to be seen about all the Vegas teams now because they've got one now. They have, they have a hockey team. They have NFL. Uh, they don't have MLB. Um, but it remains to be seen. What kind of fan base can you build in Vegas, you know, which is such a touristy town. But we'll have to, we'll have to see. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, if, if, you, if you try to put this in in one of our sets of shoes here, it would be like the Packers or the Bears going to like Des Moines or something, you know. And I mean, obviously, nobody wants to go to Iowa, but yeah, I was gonna say I mean, the difference is I will Vegas, go to Vegas. I will right, not right. Des but but 
regardless, re- no, take, take the, if Des Moines like was the like, just move to New Orleans. No, 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 no. Cause you gotta be proximity wise. You gotta be close oh, enough yeah. for the fans to still want to go. Oh, so, well, Nashville pretend. No, it's too far. Pretend Des Moines, the only, Des Moines so would be farther away from Chicago than Vegas is from Los Angeles. Is it Oakland? Nashville's way farther than Chicago. But Vegas is way cooler than Des Moines. And I'm not saying Des Moines. Okay, is a okay. hold on, hold on, hold on. Make a, if it's it geographical, fine, but that's just. It, this is total fantasy. Pretend Des Moines was Las Vegas. Would you, as a Bears fan, travel to Des Moines to see your Bears because they left Chicago and went to Des Moines? It'd be hard to do. I mean, I'm thinking of as a, as a, if the Packers moved from Green Bay to Des Moines. Like, would I, would I want to go to Des Moines to watch the Packers play as the Des Moines Packers? He's, he's about, you're about right. Des Moines is an hour 10 flight. Oakland to Vegas is an hour 25 flight. Um, but no matter what you say, I cannot get the fact that it's fucking Des Moines, Iowa out of my head and I will not do it. <laughs> Okay. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, let's, what about what? What happened? What is going on with the NFL with kickers? How many? How many <laughs> misses you, this week? Did you see the um, the interview of the Vikings coach when? Uh, <laughs> oh, I had, I had that. Interview. Oh, there's two. Uh, there's two really good interviews. There's a really good oh, one. Yeah. Well, go ahead and talk about the kickers in general, and I'll get that clip. <laughs> well, there's right. been a misses, and the big thing that people have been saying. I mean, Chad, correct me, is like all these young kickers are just sucking. And yeah, all these old people. I mean, did you see Janikowski's? Yeah, Jan- and Tom Brady are the only people from the 2000 draft still in the NFL. Like, yeah, I had Janikowski last year on my fantasy team. He kicked ass for me last year with the Raiders. And I mean, it looks like he weighs 300 pounds now, but um, it was 260. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're right, 260. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, if he's 260, I'm 210. Okay. <laughs> he is 260. He came out there and I'm like, why is there a linebacker coming to kick a field goal? I don't really know what happened. I think this week was just a, an anomaly among kickers. And unfortunately, a couple of them lost their jobs. But um, I mean, Mason Crosby lists, l- l- uh, missed a, a game winner. And then the Vikings. Uh, a guy who lost his job missed uh, in overtime and what Cleveland and, and both the Cleveland kicker and the Saints kicker both missed, or maybe the uh, Saints, Saints kicker made it. But anyway, but the story with the Cleveland kicker is that he was actually hurt and the team knew. Yeah. Is that really real? Was he? Well, the the team knew that he was hurt. And then I heard them saying that the coach didn't know he was hurt either way. Not good either way. Somebody knew that he was hurt, and he missed these field goals, and then they cut him. <laughs> like, yeah. So oh, e- either you're trying to exploit an injured guy, or your team has no communication. And either way, it's bad. I, th- I thought I, I thought I read somewhere that the head coach said he did not know that he was injured. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, I, I would really hope. I mean, when you're at the NFL level, it, it it would almost have to be a miscommunication. I can't imagine that an NFL team. Even if you're the Cleveland Browns, that you would put your kicker out there the entire game to miss four kicks, and then after it's over, fire him and say, "Oh, we knew he was hurt." That I mean, that looks that that just looks 
so bad. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, it, it had to be a communication error. I can't imagine that a team would do that to any player. Yeah. But I know there's some corruption in the league, but concussion and uh, that doesn't get communicated, you know, like, I, I don't know. Not good. Yeah, it was. I mean, those are just a rough, rough weekend, rough week for. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the right kickers. clip or not, but. Well, vice versa. If you're a good kicker, right, then you look even more valuable. <sighs> it's on. It's on uh, Twitter. Didn't you post on Twitter? Did I? Damn it! Keep talking, kids. Damn it! Damn it! Well, we well, could talk about what do you, what do you guys? So, uh, so my team, the Packers, uh, ended week two in a tie. Um, I was upset week one when, um, who tied the Saints? Right, the Saints, Steelers, Saints. Steelers, and the Browns. Steelers, yeah, Steelers, Browns. Okay, so the uh, Saints played Cleveland in week two. Uh, so Cleveland Steelers tied, and. When, you know, you come, you come away from a game and you say, well, a tie is better than a loss. I mean, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't buy it. I, when I'm when in, in sports, I want a W or an L. I, would, I hate the loss, but I almost ra- would rather have the loss than a tie because I don't know what the hell a tie means. Well, I, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of that game, Chatter. I was I was a little tied up. Um, <laughs> the Vikings score a bunch. <laughs> you like that? You like what I did there? <laughs> did the Vikings score a bunch late. I saw that uh, Cousins had a good game. Yeah, they tied it in the last two minutes. They scored a touchdown and went for a two-point conversion. And the two-point conversion was ridiculous. I mean, it was like I could see the play happening before it happened. I mean, you throw the you you throw the corner of the end zone pass, and if you beat the cornerback and the safety, you know it's 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 a done deal. And Diggs made the play. Uh, so yeah, I mean it was, it, and I was getting messages the whole game like, oh NFL fucking rigged, and here we go. It's all. I mean, does it feel like a loss? Does the game feel like a loss, even though it was a tie? Dude, I don't I don't know. I I've, I don't have any emotion to express to this game other than confusion. I, did we I'm not happy with a tie. I, like, I NBA doesn't end in a tie. MLB doesn't end in a tie. Like I understand that the NFL soccer does, NFL does. That's it. Football and football. But football doesn't end in a tie during the World Cup. It just ends in a tie in other games leading up to that. Only only during the championship and the the round us. before it, but the previous rounds they do. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The Robin round. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do. But it, it, I don't, whatever, I don't care. Fuck, like, we're not talking about football. We're talking about some American football. I mean, either way, it, it is. Why not? Why not go to some sort of? Why not do it like do it like system? yeah like college? Why not do it like college? Does? It totally would work so it much better. People would love be it so, so much better. Scoring, scoring. You have to go for two. It is. It's it's goal line stand every time. We went to the Northwestern game last year. And it was overtime, and they went back and forth four times before somebody scored. That was fantastic. That made it so much fantastic. more exciting because every time you know that they have a chance to score because you're only starting at the 25. So much better. Ending in a tie to me is just – I think it's the 35. I it is the worst, whatever it is. It's know. so deflating. I mean, it's like it ends in a tie. Like, why the hell do we play this game? Why do we play this week? It might as well be 0-0. Nobody scores. Uh, 
and like the Steelers are oh one and one. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Here we go. I yeah, I told him after the game, he's a great effing player, and uh, that I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, I told him after the game, he's a great effing player and uh, that I hate him. <laughs> and he says, I love to hate you too. So, um, but he's, uh, he's amazing. Uh, the things he can throw, the things he sees, uh, uh, I still think they should trade him. <laughs> I think Zimmer's Zimmer is I mean as much as I can't stand the Vikings you know Zimmer is a he's a he's a funny guy and I I mean I think he's probably he's probably good to play for and seeing a press conference like that after uh after a tie game um it doesn't it doesn't like make me like like him or the Vikings or anything, but I totally I I get the respect between the between the teams when when you have a press conference like that after a tie. So now there's one thing we're missing in the pack about the Packers game. There's a couple is the the uh, roughing the passer penalty yeah, and the Matthews hit. Yeah. But before we get into that, can I just there was another Zimmer. I think it was the day after, and they were asking him about the kicker that was released. Yeah, and I, c- I cannot find that quote. And they asked him, um, oh, gosh, what did they – they, um, uh, Milwaukee game's over with already. They, they said something to the effect of, like, how did you feel about your kicker's performance yesterday? And he goes back to the person asking the question, like, did you watch the game? And then yeah. someone <laughs> follows it up with, uh, was it a tough decision to release him? And he goes, nope, pretty easy. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It. Did you watch the game? Nope, it's pretty easy. And that was pretty much, and that it. was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. That was right. all I said. Yeah, the, I think the reporters were like, "What else do we ask?" Well, I mean, he got not, anything? That was that was horrible. <laughs> that was absolutely horrible. When when he lined up at the end to kick, I was like, "Well, this is it. The Vikings are going to win." You know, because that was a that was a kick that every kicker should be making. And there's, yeah, there was, and you know, I I I as a I applauded the miss. But as soon as he missed, I'm like, well, the game's over. We tied. I'm like, that sucks. See, to me, it didn't matter that that it was over. In my mind, I was like, okay, well, let's go again. And then then they said it's a tie. I'm like, damn you, NFL. Yeah. You know what? For the Bears, I kind of like it. You know, because it's one last win for each of them. Because the Vikings won week one and the Packers. So if either one of them wins, they're 2-0. So here's, I asked Chad this. so, So who has the better record now? The Bears are one and one. The Packers are one zero oh and one. <laughs> well, the Packers <laughs> better record. That win high is still worth half a win. Plus, they beat the Bears head to head. So it would go. It would go. I don't know. Packers and Vikings tied for first, and the Bears and the Lions. Yeah, Bears are still better. But, I mean, it's worth <laughs> half. So the, the the Clay Matthews hit. We're back to the NFL where we don't know what the rules are. We're going to make them up week by week as we go, and then we're going to make up a rule that just doesn't make fucking sense at all. The Aaron Rodgers rule, they'll forever be dubbed. And so this, this week, Clay Matthews has a hit on Cousins. 
and we'll put a link in the description uh, of the podcast here so you can go look for yourself. But if you haven't seen it already, the, there was nothing wrong with the hit. So first, uh, before we talk about the hit, let's uh, we'll hear what Clay had to say. That one play there in the last drive, getting the pass, pass interference call on you there, um, or rough rough in the, rough passer. the passer rather. Obviously not happy with that call. Um, what, what do you make of it now that you've had a couple minutes to think about it? I mean, I don't even know where to start, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I have so many emotions kind of running through as far as it's just what a terrible call it was. But at the same time, I don't know what else to do. I mean, I don't know. You let me know. Let me tell me. Did I did I put pressure on him? Because I, I, you know, I thought I hit him within, uh, you know, his, his waist to chest. I got my head across, put my hands down, and to call it, you know, at that point in the game, it's just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Last week, okay, you know, shame on me. But this week, I mean, that, that's unbelievable. So, and the worst part is, we'll probably send it in. And you know what they're gonna say? They're gonna say, you know, they'll find fault on me. Yep. Because they're, they're gonna agree with the rest. So, yep. Yep. I don't know. It's just a difficult call to call, and I mean, you see how it changed the game. And, and now, if you if you didn't see it, we can describe it real quickly. Clay Matthews went went in on Cousins. He he put his shoulder down like you're supposed to head was up. He put his head across his body. So didn't even hit him with his head. And it was in between the shoulders and the torso. So it wasn't near his head and he wrapped him up and he took him down as it was literally, I think as cousins released the ball, it wasn't like, you know, release the ball two steps and hit. It was cousin was throwing the ball as Matthews got there. And he's absolutely right. If you don't, what if you don't? If that's a penalty, then I don't know how people are supposed to tackle anybody. Let's just let's just call quarterbacks. It's two hand touch, and everybody else can hit. And the quarterbacks don't have to wear any any shoulder pads or helmet. And I don't understand why why quarterbacks are even wearing equipment at this point. You're not allowed to touch them. And and going even, I mean, further into this play, not only did he get called for the for the 15 yard penalty roughing the passer, but the throw, the, the pass was intercepted. The pass was intercepted and that would have been game. Well, I mean, it was, was a tight game. Tied at that point? It was oh, tied at that point, but it would have been two minutes to go. With See, the problem is guys, he didn't turn and rotate his body off of him mid air. If he would have just done that, it would have been fine. Right. Exactly. He had, <laughs> if he had, you know, if he had just pulled out the airbag, the pillow, and if he would just defied the law of physics and gravity, he would have been fine. Hey, Jake, I think you're onto something here, man. I don't know. It's so hard about this rule. All right, let's hear the rest of Clay here. And I know there's an emphasis on protecting quarterbacks, but it's, I mean, it's gotten out of control here. I, I don't know what else to do. So it's frustrating because, I mean, uh, you know, you, Jair's interception, I believe it was. I mean, that's game, right? Instead, you know, they go down, score, overtime, this and that. We, we had opportunities to win the game, no doubt about it. But um, frustrating, you know, to to allow a call, uh, which I feel like, uh, you know, I did the right thing to, to uh, influence the game. So, I don't know. I'm trying to bite my tongue here, but uh, I obviously don't agree with it. Did you get an explanation on why? No, I didn't, get, I didn't get an explanation whatsoever. I had no idea. You know, I looked up, there was a flag there. And uh, uh, I honestly had no idea, you know, because like I said, I, you know, I got my head across, hands were down, 
uh, didn't dump him, hit him within the framework, uh, you know, the, the proper tackling area. So I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's, you know, much like you saw with the with lowering the helmet preseason, I, I think they've hopefully uh, the league, you know, gets to the refs and, you know, tells them to tone it down a little bit because it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what else to do. Uh, well, and that is not what they're doing, though. And NFL, NFL Network, what was it, today or yesterday, they, um, the NFL has already said that they're actually going to be using this as an instructional video <laughs> as what to not do. So they're, they're, the NFL is going to be using this, and they're going to send the tape to each team in the league. It's a teaching moment. As a teaching moment to show them. Um, so what's the video of how you tackle? You don't. You don't. You don't touch them. You. You don't. <laughs> I mean. I mean. Honestly, I don't. I don't know uh, how you do it. I. If I could talk to the NFL, you are killing your fans. You think you're. You think you're. You're protecting your fans because everybody wants offense. And listen, people. People do, but this is this is going to kill the NFL. Totally agree. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and watch Pro Bowl football games. I will do fucking something else. The drive for an opponent. Let's bring in our Tom Pelissero now. Tom, are you hearing any reaction from the NFL about this call? Red, it's probably not going to be what Clay Matthews or Packers fans want to hear. I am told the NFL is actually going to include footage of that Clay Matthews hit on a teaching tape that it distributes next week to clubs showing that this particular technique, the The what? Wait, play that. No, no, that's what I'm going to say. So so listen closely here, and and again, we'll put the link in the description to this actual video. This is from the NFL, uh, NFL NFL.com. But for us watching it, as he describes the technique, look at the video. I can kind of see what he's saying as far as the technique, but I will tell you as playing football, that's how you're taught to tackle everything. That's exactly what McCarthy said after the game. That's that what we teach. trained. That's yeah. what we so teach. You're trained from, from Little League, from Pee Wee League football on up. This is how you're trained to properly tackle somebody. So it's yeah, – here we go. Scoop and pull technique, as they call it, is in fact a foul. Similar infraction called in the second quarter of that game on Vikings linebacker Eric Kendricks. There's a lot of different things in the roughing the passer rule that are outlawed, including intimidating acts like stuffing the passer into the ground. Well, what the league wants to reiterate is the scoop and pull, and that is grabbing a passer from behind by the leg or legs, scooping and pulling in an upward motion is considered to be a foul. But it wasn't. Okay, that but it wasn't the play. It's really where to stop a running back. Hold on. First of all, it's not a foul. It's a penalty. This guy says foul so many times during this thing. It drives me nuts. That's, that drives me yeah. nuts. Yeah, but secondly, right. that's how you're trained. So you're, you're expecting somebody who's played football their entire life at all levels from peewee on up now into the pros to know that when they're coming at, Oh, that's a mentally recognized. Okay, this is the quarterback. Okay, now I can't tackle like I've been taught ever since I was ten years old. But it wasn't scoop and pull, as they're saying. Nope, it wasn't. It at I mean, all. It was a straight hit to the ground. He didn't scoop him up. He didn't pull him in the hit box. No helmet. That was a beautiful tackle. It even was. Ur- even Erlacher said. Um, and I just forgot. Well, Erlacher said on the Dan Patrick show 
That was a great it, interview. It was ridiculous and that he said he he doesn't really know what defense is supposed to do anymore. Um, and he oh. said it's, it's obvious they want to score points. He's like, but you're you're making it, you know, it's not he a also, game anymore. He also said what I meant to say, great defensive, great defensive players are reacting out there on instinct and, and what's been trained into them and their muscle memory over years. You can't just stop when it's the quarterback and think and go, okay, I have to uh, just – The game happens so fast that every single yeah. one of these players are moving – completely off of reaction. I think it was uh, Trevathan this week that, I mean, off the subject, but on the subject, Trevathan, they were asking him about one of the plays and I thought his, how he said he played that play speaks to this. They asked him, you know, did you recognize this play? And he's like, he's like, yeah, the first thing I recognized was, was this and I recognized this. And then he hiked the ball and I just reacted. They just go. There's no, there's no time to sit here and, and think about, that's oh, what, he's going left. I need to like, – you just can't. You just – you react. And that's why they practice all week looking at the same shit over and over and over and over, doing everything over and over because it becomes just reactionary and they just do. That's what Prince said about his interception. It was on a tip sheet. That's, that the, that's what I was made. listening to. Yes, that's the, so I got that he, interview too. We'll talk about that. He recognized the formation and he just, he just went. He just – he just reacted. All right, well, let's, let's, let's finish this NFL.com. So we talk about all the different things the NFL is emphasizing, including the body weight rule, which a lot of people thought this was on first glance. Referee Tony Correnti said after the game it was no. It was driving Kirk Cousins into the ground. That's why he threw the flag on Clay Matthews. These are considered to be judgment calls, and in the NFL's judgment in general, that particular technique is, in fact, against the rules, right? Uh, all right, so – yeah, I'm I'm actually moving it on this end so we can pull the video up real quick, but it was just yeah, I don't understand what they're expecting. Oh, here you go. I, I go ahead, you can keep talking. Go ahead. I, I get the guy that's re, that's reporting this is just reporting it. I don't think that he actually believes what he's reporting, but he no. he's reporting well, what yeah, he doesn't even know what he's reporting because he's saying foul like twelve times. Well, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, Tom Pelissero, he, he's been around for a while. He's using the wrong word, but. Oh, is he running too fast? He didn't. He, actually, you're right. He did not. I thought when I watched it last time that he did kind of scoop him up. But if you watch, hits him. It's right in the midsection. He's not picking him up. With he's his falling shoulder. down. They're falling. He's not being They're, scooped up. The, reason it, the uh. reason it looks violent is because the only way Clay Matthews was able to get there was to freaking all-out sprint because it's the damn NFL where a play takes two seconds. It's, this is bad. This is bad. I'm it bad. is. It is. Now, one thing I did want to point out about this Vikings-Packers uh, game, if you look at the stat sheet. So, for Aaron Rodgers, it was uh, 30, uh, 30 out of 42, 281 yards, one touchdown. And then Cousins was 35 for 48 with 425 yards, four touchdowns, one interceptions. Just giving you that stat line, who, won, who, do you, who would you think won the game if you knew nothing about this game? Oh, the Vikings by far. The Vikings by far. And still here we are in 29-29. It was, when I was looking down the statute, I'm like, where the fuck did all these other points for the Packers come from? Were they field goals? Well. See, there's no other – there's no rushing – there's a passing touchdown. There's no rushing touchdown. Where else did they get those from? Was it all field goals then? No, it was. Oh, I, I, I'm trying to control. According to the stat sheet, it's one. There was one touchdown. I know they're they're saying there's two here. Okay, there's yeah. two touchdowns. Crosby had 15 points, right? Two, but yeah, Crosby had. I want to say he made four field goals. 
and then missed the one. Was this a block punt recovery? There was. Yeah, that's just, yeah, it's just crazy. Tie stupid should never ever happen ever. There was a block punt for a touchdown. All right, well, let's go on to the game that we all really care about, the Bears game. <laughs> <laughs> we did, do we have a Bears sound, about, sound bite? I don't have one now. yet. I'll for next week. <laughs> don't right. wait. Don't wait the show on the Bears. Don't wait the show on the Bears? What are you talking about? You're, you're like giving a, a, a weighted rating of the show that all we care about is the Bears, and that is just simply not true. Well, that's all we care about. That's all I care about. Well, that's all I care about is Packers. So, <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. Two on one. And the weight is in our corner. So, <laughs> yeah, weighted. We got weighted. I, I care about the NFL. Weird, bitch. <laughs> I'm an right. NFL fan. <laughs> all right. So Seahawks uh, Bears on Monday night. If I can get it. Monday night football. Yeah. Uh, Bears got their first win. Nagy with his first win uh 24-17 what i thought was cool is that naggy um naggy did do the whole chicago cubs john joe john joe madden party with a, even with a disco ball <laughs> yeah interview i'd heard with uh madden on uh, wscr uh, sports radio they had said that um madden said that naggy had he talked to naggy earlier in the summer um after he had gotten the job and they did talk about Joe said he told him that, you know, whenever we win, we celebrate every single win. Even though we play every day, we celebrate every single win. He kind of told him what they do. And, and then he said he woke up uh, Tuesday morning with a text from Nagy telling him what he did to celebrate. And Nagy said the, the players absolutely loved it. So <laughs> That's cool. So, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, really as cool. somebody had asked Nagy, because uh, Cohen had left the game with an injury, Tariq, and somebody asked uh, Nagy, you know, is Cohen hurt? you know, pretty bad. And he's like, I think it'll be all right. He was dancing after the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, so which one is interviews? Well, it's here. Let's do uh, this is. So by well, the way, uh, real quick, Adam, I did find out that the mobile version of the Packers website is different from the online version of the website. And we can, we can reference uh, uh, Packers um, uh, press conferences, post-game interviews, that kind of stuff. I just did not find it on my phone. So next week, we can listen to all kinds of Packers stuff. Cool. We'll get that Great. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm talking, yeah, we'll do that. But it is definitely kind of one side here. So uh, as, we, as we mentioned with the, with the, the Packers game, the the quarterback ratings on this one, Trubisky was 25 for 34, 200 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions with an 83 passer rating, which I don't even quite even understand all of that is. But Russell Wilson is 22 for 36, 226 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 86 passer rating. So probably not, not too bad there, really. Well, I, 80 passer rating is terrible, but. Yeah, it is. Um, Jake, what do you think was the big story? Being the meathead fan that you are, um, last week you were about to kill yourself. I was afraid to leave your house after the Packers lost. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to bring self harm to yourself. Um, how, what, what after this one? How would you? 
Well, yeah. I mean, last week that was just such a roller coaster game. It was a devastating loss, and uh, definitely the sky felt like it was falling with the development of Hugh Biscuit there. Uh, as the week went on, I, I actually started feeling much better about the Bears because, you know, the the truth was, I mean, shit. Mitch had to learn from John Fox last year how to play offense. So, you know, this is the first game under nagging. If you told me we were going to lose a close one by one point to the Packers, you know, I'd probably take that. So I went into the Seattle game feeling very good. I was telling people at work that we're going to gamble on the game. Um, if they were looking for a big payoff, there's a bet out there that you could make. The Bears went in by uh, 13 or more, basically two touchdowns. Uh, I was advising that, you know, on paper that that's what should happen in the game. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, uh, Mitch comes out and has a great first series, just like he started the game in Green Bay. They score on the first drive. Uh, the Bears' D looks absolutely dominant. Um, and then, it, you know, it honestly kind of played out almost exactly like the first game played out where the Bears jumped out to this lead, but they just they could not try, you know, they couldn't punch in other touchdowns to put it away. And they could just—they were just trying to sort of salt away the wind a little bit, uh, and then Russell Wilson started scoring in the fourth quarter again. Um, I mean, honestly, they only won by a touchdown. So if you take Prince's pick six away, which you can't count on every game, just like you can't count on Mac pick six in the first game, um, that's a tie ball game, and they're going to OT. So I, I feel great about the win. Uh, I really do, but. Uh, I'm still concerned about how much are we going to be held back waiting for this offense to develop. Um, it was nice to see Allen Robinson catch 10 passes on 14 targets. Uh, so he looks like he's legit. Um, I had an interesting thing here on the Bears defense. Uh, the Bears defense is doing is has combined for two field goals in six of the eight quarters that they've played this season. So in 75%, of their game time, they've given up uh, six points. The other two quarters, which has been the other two fourth quarters, uh, the Bears have given up five touchdowns. So the Bears defense, you know, everybody's like, oh, this could be as good as Lovey's D. You know, I don't think anybody's saying in the 85 D, but they're, they're already making comparisons to Lovey's defense. Um, yeah, I think it could be. But they need to finish these games. And, you know, some of that will probably come. I mean, Roquan and Mack missed all of, all of uh, preseason. So I'm sure they're still conditioning their way into playing a full game. Um, but at the end of the day, this as great as this defense is, this league is built on offense. You can't even hit the quarterback. Um, if, the, if the Bears really want to go somewhere, they need to – Mitch needs to grow in this offense. And more of these field goals need to be touchdowns. Um, you know, I, I do feel good that they're playing Arizona this weekend. Arizona looks like hot garbage. Uh, so I'm hoping the Bears will <laughs> one. I do feel even better about the trade that they made for Mac. Because even, even on the plays, Mac doesn't get a sack. You can see he's flushing Russell Wilson straight up out of the pocket. And that's helping other people like Trevathan make plays, who was the NFC uh, Defensive Player of the Week. Um, so he's, he's having an impact on the game everywhere. I, I think the other thing that Mac does is he has such a high motor. He doesn't give up. He plays until the whistle. And I know that sounds very cliche, and it sounds like I'm some stupid like high school football coach. Um, but through two games, that, that truly is how he's played. And when your best player is playing his ass off, 
nobody else has an excuse. And what I've noticed is other Bears players are almost, I don't know if they're playing above their head, but man, they're feeding, they're feeding off of Mac. They are. There's energy out there, Chad. They have an energy right now. Absolutely. It's not cliche when Mac goes out and displays it. No, he, he backs it up. And I mean, it, it's like, you know, you, it, like in basketball, I, I know we're not necessarily like pro. I, I actually really have come around on LeBron James. But like if, if you play with LeBron James or you play with whoever you think the best NBA player is, I don't know, Kevin Durant, whoever it is, um, if, if you're on their team and they're out there busting their ass, I mean, you have no excuse. You have no excuse. Yep. Um, so they, they bring the they bring the level of play up for the rest of the team. And you, I mean, Akeem Hicks has said the exact same thing. Amukamaro um, said it this week. Everybody has has said that um, as well. I mean, once again, I mean, Mac just he shined in this game again. But yeah, also I think what stood out is the rest of the defensive line as well. I mean, everybody had a pretty a pretty good night. So. They're playing I well. I mean, compare it to when the Bears had. Do you remember when they had um, Keith Trailer and oh. God, another huge guy, so Johnson, they, uh, Ted Washington, and they were playing DTs, and they were just eating up blocks, just eating up blocks. And Erlacher was like a rookie, and yep. he's just flying around, around, flying around. But then, open what, what, did one of them get traded, or one of them get hurt? They just got old. And, and big, but <laughs> hold them big. Well, let's uh, let's make the main NFC all defensive player. Congrats to my homie. Congrats, Dan. <laughs> yeah, congrats to my dog, man. Hell of a no, so this wasn't after the game. This is later, earlier this week. But we'll, we'll listen. Hell of a job. Hell of effort. Um, yeah, made some great plays. Made some great plays. You got your hands on the ball, your hands down. And how big a part of your game is that? Is that something you consciously or just that just kind of? Yeah, I mean, you definitely can't. You work on it, uh, and that's something that you want to prescribe the whole defense. Um, getting the ball back to the offense, creating a short field is, is, a, is a great feeling, but you feel even better when you score yourself. Is it contagious? Absolutely, absolutely. If you if you can't tell, it's very contagious. It's almost yeah. What kind of like everybody got a, a piece of the ball? You, what, what you kind got? Of feeling do you get when you make a sack? Oh man, um, it's one of the best plays in football. Um, yeah. Stupid question. I think he's looking for something sexual there. What kind of feeling do you get when you get a sack? Well, why, so would you, why would you ask that? Well, I'm actually, like, do you I'm, like playing football? <laughs> That's two weeks in a row, though, where he's just reached out and taken that ball. Yeah. But if, if I, I mean, before he, when they announced the trade and I went on YouTube and looked up highlights, that's what he does. He reaches out, takes the ball, he does strip sacks. Like, yeah, that's his thing. If I was a Packers fan or anybody in the division, I think what would irritate me a little bit is not only that the Bears got a great player, because everybody knew he was great. What I didn't know, because I just don't pay attention to the Raiders, I didn't know what a leader this guy was going to be. <clears throat> and that's, that's a big yeah. deal yeah. for a football yeah. locker room. Yeah, especially oh, he, young guys. Yeah, he's he he's totally taken over this locker room for the Bears. I think. I mean, hasn't he? Everybody, everybody's looking to this guy. No, that's not, that's not actually the interview I wanted the other two after the the post game. First experience, Khalil, like for you as a Bear. Oh man, it was amazing! It was amazing. Um, it was a beautiful night. All the fans came out, and uh, yeah, 
it showed up and showed out. It was it was a great experience. So when did you guys sense showed up and showed out? In the second half in the fourth quarter, more specifically that this thing was we gotta take this thing over. Uh I mean we've been preaching it all week. Uh we know we got on defense and uh, we wanted to come out and finish. Uh, Prince making that play, that that was a snap on it right there. What do you see on that left? Uh, I seen he held, held on to it, uh, and that's testament to the uh, coverage. They did a great job in the back end of the night. Hold on. So, one thing, I mean, I, as someone who dislikes the Bears, <laughs> that's nice of you to say it that way. I, I like Khalil Mack. And one of the reasons I like Khalil Mack, if you go back and look at any of his, his post-game interviews, he's never upset. Even after the Bears lost to the Packers last week, he wasn't upset. He, he sees the game for what it is, and he's always, I think he's always looking forward to ways to improve his game and improve the, his defensive, the defensive line that he's playing with. He did that all he, last he year. Huh? He takes ownership. Accountability. He takes he's, accountability for he's it. He's thoughtful in his responses. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, he's a really cool guy. He's yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I watched us watch post-game interviews from last year when he after he got traded to the Bears. because uh, I I mean I like I was hoping he would get traded to the Packers, but uh when he went to the Bears, I, I wanted to learn more about this guy. So I watched some of those post-game interviews. This guy, I mean, he's he's I feel like he's down to earth, approachable. Super polite, uh, and I just I, I respect guys in the NFL that that do this and can act this way after a game. Be very mature yes. about a win, loss, or tie, and just tell you here's what happened. Nobody I'm, wants. I'm, 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 huh? Nobody wants to talk about a stupid tie. <laughs> well, you're right. Mac would be pissed if it was a tie, yeah. and I wouldn't. I wouldn't even have said it at the Packers hadn't tied this weekend, but. Uh, you know, just listening to what he what he has to say after games, win or lose, uh, he's always looking f- looking for ways to improve and looking to the next week. And here's what we did wrong. Here's how I can learn, or here's what I did did good. I can build on that. And that's I I I, <laughs> I don't like the Bears, but I I got to give it to the guy. I like Khalil Mack. He's fucking awesome. Did a great job in the back end of the night. Uh, yeah, Kyle Fuller and Prince and all those guys, the safeties included, everybody in between the nickel. Uh, everybody did a hell of a job. How much pride does this defense take in leading the National Football League right now in sacks? Oh, damn. That's, that's news to me. That's, that's a great year. I mean, testament to the coverage, rushing coverage, working together, you know. Yeah, Coach Coach Dick and everybody coaching up everybody. And, yeah, it's a good, good feeling. And he's always giving credit to his teammates. Everybody you know else. What he's like, because he, because he, he said he's like, you know, because the question was, how do you feel about this team being the leading sacks in the NFL? He didn't say, well, I'm fucking good. That's what I do. You know, he's like, he said this D line. Yeah, this he, line. and then he gave it to the secondary too. He's like, that's yeah, the covers. That's this line. You know, he's he's humble, and that's that's what I like. So, yeah. It, How much was uh, what happened last week was a motivating factor down the stretch? Here? It was everything. It was everything. I appreciate it the whole week. Uh, you want to finish these games, and um, knowing that you're going up a guy like going against a guy like Russell Wilson, uh, he has the, the, the ability to to kind of sneak in and, and, and finish a little strong. And so uh, being able to shut that shut that down a little bit, uh, it was cool. How was it? And Chad, I mentioned this last week. Um, 
but even more frustrating for the division. Everybody keeps saying on these, especially these national broadcasts, oh, big trade, big trade, two first-round picks, two first-round picks. They got a second back for Mac. Yeah. Those, those, uh, that, could, that could wash one of those firsts. Yep. You could have basically gotten – you basically, potentially how those two picks go, got Mac for a single first-round pick. Yep. Almost free. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> well, not free, but – Pretty if you deep. take out if, and no, 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 if you take out what they're actually, I mean, if you take out what they're paying him, the actual trade itself. Well, if those two picks wipe each other out, then it's just like saying I'm going to use my pick early on Mac. Yeah. Now here is um, Trevathan after after the game on the field, um, talking about what we've been talking about, which is uh, Khalil Mack's impact. Impact. First line got backer Danny Trevathan on a night. When one of the greatest linebackers, Brian Urlacher, is honored, gets his Hall of Fame ring, and you guys handle the second half. Just take us through that fourth quarter. Uh, we wanted to come out and just put our foots on the neck. We, wanted, we didn't perform well last week with the, um, the second half. We know what's in front, of us, in front of us. We know we had to get this win. We came out here. We just wanted to play our ball and get on them. Take us to the pick six with Prince and Mucamara. I mean, you, your offense is really struggling to score, but, but what, what clicked with y'all? In, in terms of just taking that thing over? We just said, forget it, man. Whatever's in front of us, man, we're going to take care of it, man. D, we got the offense back, and offense got our back. And, you know, we see it more throughout, you know, practice. And then this game, we put it together. So it's going to be good, like, rolling into the season right now because we're on a hot street right now. We got to keep it rolling. Danny, you tell us the impact through two weeks that Khalil Mack has made. It's crazy, man. I knew it was a ball hawk. I hate facing him when I was over there, man. The, the guy plays the tails off. And you know how to get to the ball, man. Big dog, what's up, man? Got a little Akeem hit. Come here, Akeem. I'm here. What's up? What's why, it, why is his defense so good, man? Danny Trevathan is just ferocious, man. He gets me lined up every play, and he be coming in there hitting cap. I love it. I get no linemen on me, so. How good are y'all going to be, okay, this year? Go ahead. We're going to be great, man. We, we keep having each other back and keep having fun, man. We're going to be great this year. Of course. Our be the most ferocious, nasty defensive players in this league. Yeah. So when they come. What I thought was hilarious. Oh, that. Stupid questions. The, the the whitest girl probably in all of sports go just pull the y'all. How y'all gonna be out there? Really? How y'all gonna be? Oh, everybody says we're gonna be great. How y'all gonna do that? I like his beard. I like Hicks' beard. Hicks, Hicks, Hicks yeah. That's a, well, they're yeah. having fun together, Chad. They're having fun. Absolutely. I totally, I mean, I, I picked up the Bears defense on my fantasy team. Because I think they're going to be probably one of the besties in the league the entire season, as long as nobody gets hurt. I've got them in one league. They're the number one defense right now. They scored yeah. with touchdown like twenty four points. Yeah, dude. When when Prince made that pick six, I was like, oh shit! I was because I was down by like twenty two points, and I'm like, I might win this game. They, I, mean, I saw Prince was getting asked like, what would have happened if Russell had tackled you? And he's like, oh man. Would wait a minute, I wait a minute, right here, right here. I got it right here. Hang on. Yeah, I'm just happy to make a play for our team when we needed it. What kind of tipped you off what they were going to do on that plus? Definitely formation. Okay, now this is, this is what I was talking about earlier. Chad, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but listen to this, like how he describes this. And I've heard a lot of people say that they're just, just dumb football players. Like, holy fuck. The way he goes through this and describes what they went through during the week, like and how they prepared, and he pretty much knew this is what was going to happen and when it was going to happen. It's 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 pretty amazing. Listen here. So um, they were empty, meaning nobody in the backfield, and um, that's just one of the routes that we have on our tip sheet. We have a uh, 
each group position gets a test um, a couple of days before the game. They get a test be- a couple of days before the game, dude. Holy shit. Dude, they- NFL players work hard. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they do. In Urlacher's interview, Urlacher said, they're talking about what do you miss? He goes, well, I definitely don't miss four hours worth he's, of meetings every single yeah, day. He's like, I don't miss my body hurting, and I don't miss four-hour meetings. Four-hour meetings every day. All right, there we go back to Amugamara. And um, that was one of the test questions, so I'm glad I paid attention and studied. So after you've seen the formation, are you reading free stuff drop? Exactly. Like, so have? after I see the formation, I'm looking at the quarterback, see where he's um, eyeing, and he was looking over there, and then I look at the receiver, and then I just trust him and just go. You've been open and saying – you weren't satisfied because you hadn't been picking off passes. With that in mind, how good how good did this one feel? Man, um, I mean, if it, feel, it feels great. Like I said earlier, it's my um, first pick in three years. Chad's over there shaking his head. Uh, not, not I'm just the questions. Come on. I know. They're just looking for sound bites, but I know it's, it's kind of funny. Years and um, first pick six um, ever. And um, it was it was it was great selfishly, but um, collectively I'm glad that it um, it helped out the team. I mean we were it was a huge play in the, in the in the game, and um, yeah, I'm just glad I was able to make it for our team. Defense had a chance to win the game last week, and you guys didn't do it. You talked about wanting to finish this week. How much was that in your guys' minds in that second half? Finishing was huge. I mean Eddie Jackson is one of our rising captains, rising leaders on a team, and. Um, one one of the words he was voicing all practice was, "Hey, finish, run, run to the ball. Even if the running back is running 80 yards, like we're all chasing him and stuff like that." And um, so he started that theme, and um, we just followed along. Does having just having a front four get to the quarterback like he was, like they were tonight make it a little bit easier for you to think about jumping around like that? Not at all. I feel like they got there a little slow. No, <laughs> no I mean tremendously. I mean, um, a quarterback usually usually has about like three seconds maybe three and a half, but I mean, um, with our front four, I mean, I'm not going to um, small talk. Uh, Khalil, I mean, he definitely brings um, extra pressure and, and extra attention to, uh, to his side, and st- which frees up some other guys. And, um, yeah, that definitely helps us. And then, of course, on the back end, I mean, we help them with, with coverages. Like when you see Russell uh, scrambling, I mean, it's because guys are locking up. And, and uh, we call it recess in the back end because the receivers are just running everywhere. I love that. We call it recess when they're, they're scrambling. He scrambles. And the receivers run everywhere. They call it recess. That's awesome. Um, don't get caught by a quarterback. Yeah, why did you come yeah. back? Yeah. back as you thought he had an angle. Yeah, on him. yeah. He, he he had a pretty good angle, and um, yeah, don't get caught by by a quarterback. <laughs> but I mean, he's he's one of that one of the most athletic ones, and um, and yeah, I, I was able to cut back. I played running back in high school, so I was able to uh, show that a little bit. So it's, just don't get caught by a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, somebody, maybe it was somebody else. They had said, oh, yeah, if you would have got tackled, we would have, you would have heard. That Sorry, I hit a video too soon. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, speaking of the, the postseason celebration we were talking about before. Now, just there, there is no disco ball in this video. Oh, so, I yeah. thought it would yeah, yeah, be later. Yeah, I'm sorry. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now how important that is to have that. Every possession you guys were after, dumping it and making them, they had to earn it. Every every play, they had to earn it. 
on defense, right? How about French 2 0 with that? Oh! Here's the thing it feels good. And that's why we have this thing. Enjoy it, right? Because you're allowed to enjoy it. You deserve it. You had last week, okay? Tough loss. Now we come back here, we have a good, good, solid win. So now that you have that win, you use that and you stack the next one. Um, I got a game off the coach, first regular season win. So Mukamara, who was his first pick six ever in his career, gave the game ball to the coach. That's pretty cool. That's cool. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I would have kept it. Hey, family on three. That's all I care about. Family on three. One, two, three. There we go. All right. We're a little Bears heavy at this point. I'll just share <laughs> Indulge me. The last thing I'll say is – Back to the Mitch and how we feel about him. Uh, did you see the graphic they kept showing where it was like Mahomes, three games, 10 touchdowns, Watson, eight games, 24 touchdowns. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Mitch, wasn't, wasn't, like, wasn't Mahomes, though, wasn't Nagy coaching Mahomes last year? Uh, well, I mean, Mitch, offensive, offensive coordinator, yeah. Mahomes was the backup quarterback and Nagy was the offensive coordinator. The right. only game that Mahomes started last year was week 17. Right, but Nagy was there with Mahomes. Yep. yep. Right. So that's why I keep Bears fans keep wanting to shit bricks over T Biscuit. No, think, but it's hard. You you traded up like a spot or two to take this guy when and you, tra- teams... you traded up for a guy who had hardly started any games. Yeah, but then you expect him to walk on the NFL field and be like the I next coming that. of. But, uh, but two other teams didn't have to move up or down or at all and got quarterbacks that look pretty damn good. So I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm not saying, I understand what you're saying. Um, I just thought it was uh, an impactful graphic, regardless of how much real meaning might be behind right, it. Regardless of the, the full context of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes <laughs> is probably outside of Mac, one of the best stores in the NFL right now. Right now, we'll see how long that lasts, though. Sure, because what happens a lot in the NFL is week to week. There's these great stories, and then they just fade off in the background and never from again. So, I'm not done on T Biscuit yet. I think I think we're going to be okay. I wouldn't be either. Yeah, I, I don't think we're. I, there's there's so much promise there from what I see, um, in the way he plays. You know, so it's not. I'm not done on him. I think we got. We're good. We're okay. Chad would like to talk about something else now. Well, I, I mean, speaking of Mahomes, I mean, he—he's who—he—he's the reason that I lost my fantasy game this week. Bastard. Forty-three and a half points from Mahomes. Yeah. Who did play? How many points is a passing touchdown in that league? Six. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he had five touchdowns. Uh, five, five or do you, well he's got 10 through two games he might have had six i had six you're right yeah so uh i had a good score i mean i i score i i mean i didn't i didn't quite score 100 i scored 97 in my fantasy game which is typically good enough for a win but um it's hard to compete against quarterback that scores 40 plus points I have him in one league, uh, and I'm just have dominated two weeks in a row. This is the yeah. first long time. So I have three fancy teams. So I'm not going to get into them. All I'll say is across my three leagues, I am six and zero, and it feels damn good. 
<laughs> and it's not like six well, and you have like low points for and you've just been lucky to play the worst teams you know the lowest points against it's six and oh with some damn good points well going into week three i'm playing one of my one of the worst players in the league so i, I should get a win out of this week um i'm pretty heavily favored um but yeah this uh ugh. i was favored to win this week two as well but I, nobody was expecting Mahomes to go have the week that he had. So I'm one and one. Um, I did. I picked up the Bears for week two. They did great. Uh, at, at one point, they had I want to say twenty, right around 20, twenty points, twenty-one points. Uh, I think they finished with like eleven because um, the Seahawks ended up scoring a couple, but. You know, I, I'm really happy with the Bears pick up in the fantasy and fantasy league. Uh, I did. I mentioned last week we were talking about the the Bell trade. Um, he's going to sit on my bench for a while because he's not even on the roster right now. For the uh, as of today, so can, you, can you recap what that final trade was? Yes. So we went back and forth over the course of two days, um, trying to put this trade together. Um, it's been fairly big news in my league. And one of the guys posted a message to say, I'm not really sure who had the biggest balls in this trade, but I'm glad you guys got it done. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I won't go through all the players, but at the we, final, we, tra- know, we know who had the smoothest balls in the trade. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, yeah. oh. Um, um, so I ended up trading Rob Gronkowski, Randall Cobb, and Golden Tate for Le'Veon Bell and Larry Fitzgerald. Gronk went this week uh, in week two, he had one and a half points. So week two, don't, totally don't care. Um, I, th- I still feel like he's going to get hurt at some point. So my intent was in drafting him early as, I, as early as I did was to trade him. And our commissioner of our league actually called me. Uh, it was a friend of mine. Called me and said, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And I'm like, "I'm the one that set up the trade, so yeah, I want I want to do it." We went through a number of players to get this trade done, uh, and it was it the the trade was declined. I want to say a four times by both of us, and then the in the end. Uh, I gave him Tate. I gave him Cobb, which I never intended to play Cobb at all in the season. I, he, I picked him up as a trade candidate. Tate, I probably would have played, but picking up Fitzgerald and releasing, getting rid of Tate, I felt like that was kind of a wash. Uh, Gronk, like I said, he didn't perform week two. I think he's going to get hurt. At some point, Bell's going to come back. Who he's going to play for, I don't know, but he will come back. Um, and I think that'll help me uh, at the end of the season. So I'm super, super stoked that I got him sitting on my bench and just waiting for him to come back and play now. Well, that's uh, that is a ballsy trade by both of you. And I love the back and forth. I feel like a lot of times what can happen when the first couple offers, you know, don't get accepted, it can, somebody could just decide they're going to pull out. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's pretty pretty awesome. Um, do you guys quickly uh 
you really think uh, Gordon's going to put up some uh, fancy points in New England? I mean, I don't think anybody was surprised that New England was the ones that got him. Kind of sucks that they only had to pay a fifth for him, but I guess he is a little bit of a problem child. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, he's got the skills. He just hasn't performed. So, uh, you know, maybe Brady can get him to step up. I hear their lockers are right next to each other. Uh, whether or not that's because Brady's close to the the – the team doctor, his locker is closest to the doctor, and that's where Gordon needs to be too. Injury during a promo shoot a few days back, that leading to today's top story. Gordon traded to New England for a conditional fifth-round draft pick next season. Now, Gordon with a negative MRI on the hamstring, which means he could be active and play in week three. Here now, Tom Brady with his two cents on his new wideout. I hate to make projections and expectations. That's not fair. I've never met Josh personally just like I have met some of the guys that have come in the last couple weeks. So we'll see how it goes this week. Hopefully he can work hard, put the team first, and end up helping us in any role that he can find for himself on the team. You know, you'd like to try to get up to speed as quickly as possible, and it's really up to the individuals. You know, all these things need to play themselves out, and I'm not going to project anything. I'm just going to try to go be the positive. Oh, my gosh. That is the most useless vanilla answers you could ever get out of a human being. That's Tom Brady for you. Talking about anything, he was talking about strawberries, and that that would still be a fitting answer. I like Raiders. Every interview, every interview oh, Brady gives. I know it's just like shut. If you're not going to say anything, shut up. Ugh. Well, I know some people in the fantasy community are like, "This is going to be just like when Randy Moss went there." Uh, a quick baseball side note. I just got notification that Jason Kipnis just hit a walk-off grand slam for his 1,000th career hit for the Indians. Okay. Oh, can you mute him, please? <laughs> oh, Kipnis. Whatever. I mean, to hit a grand slam for your 1,000th career hit, I mean, like the guy or not, that's pretty cool. Speaking of Brady, a new book is out. Uh, <laughs> Good transition. And uh, I think, what's this book called? I, I don't remember. The book is called... Uh, oh, the book with Brady's quote about Belichick? Yeah, I don't remember. Is it... Well, it's, it's not a quote. about the it, Patriots. I believe it's about the Patriots. Some guy has been working on this for quite a while, and the only person that he couldn't get to... Uh, you know, partake in the book was Bill Belichick himself, pretty much everybody else. Uh, but the quote I was going to take from the book, in case you haven't heard this, was um, talking about the strained relationship over this long partnership between uh, Brady and Belichick. And it says, according to the network story, the book paints Brady as a man who felt trapped with his longtime coach this offseason amid the previously reported discord between them. Tom knows Bill is the best coach in the league, but he's had enough of him. The anonymous source with knowledge of the relationship told O'Connor in the book, if Tom could, I think he would divorce them. It's basically like, you know, if somebody's, you know, mean to you for 18 years, even if, uh, you know, they're really good, you're just going to want to get out sooner or later. Um, so, I, you know, it's a book. It probably doesn't matter. The it's time about, is it looks like it's, a, it's about Belichick's life. Is that what it is? There's, there's a lot in there. It's, it's, it, there's stuff about craft. There's stuff, there's a lot in there. I pulled up several articles about it, but nobody says the name of the damn book. Speaking of which, have you guys finished the Goose book yet? I'm almost done. Yeah, I think I'm still on chapter two or three. 
guys are killing me. <laughs> I'm almost done. We'll finish it so done. we can talk about it. <laughs> it's uh, the, when the weather's nice. I just you I said we just had to give you a deadline, so your deadline is two weeks. Don't read. Give him a deadline. His eyes doesn't don't work when it's nice. No, we never gave a deadline. We said let's. We're doing it right now. Now we're giving you a deadline. You know, two, week, two weeks from now. Yes. Okay. You have a long ass flight to Dublin and back. You should be able to finish it on those two flights. I'm gonna sleep, dude. Well, see your priorities are all fucked up. <laughs> all right, two weeks. Uh, I'll get the book read. All right. Anything else in the world of sports, kids? Uh, NHL. I mean, preseason started, but nothing major really talking about there. Um, PGA Tour Championship is coming up this weekend. Last uh, last major tournament of the tournament of the year before the Ryder Cup starts. Um, it should be interesting. For those of us that follow golf, I should say. Yeah, um, who? So the Cubs scheduled now. Who is it now for this? Because they're home the rest of the season, right? So, basically, anybody? Where's it going to go? I think. No, what's their schedule for the rest of? The, are they at home against? Uh, off tomorrow, three games against the Sox, four games against Pittsburgh, three games against St. Louis. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Um, and then uh, Packers. Bears play at 325 Redskins. on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Packers, Redskins, and Bears have the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, Packers are a noon game. Bears are a 325. 325. All right, kids, are we done now? Have we finished this? Well, I got a P, so probably about right You're i finished my uh robert the bruce a while ago it was delicious yeah i did too it was really good all right all right well okay close out the show robert the bruce close it out Chad. tell everybody where, where they can find us oh uh you guys can find us at beardedhops.com or on twitter and that's about it we're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone can have. And we're always going to hang out. Oh, we're on Instagram, too. But we don't post there ever. So. Hardly ever. But Twitter, right. we're on the Twitterverse. We're on the twats. Goodbye. Bye, Jake. Bye, guys. Later, dudes.